Welcome to the Creative Diaries. Today I'm here with Jimmy Fury and Mo Omer. Hey guys, how are you? Good, thank you. How, how are, are you? Well? So we're having a comedy right. session. So I wanted to know your different experiences mm-hmm. gigging today. That's Yeah, of course. So do you want us to start from the beginning? Well, start from wherever you like. I, I was uh, seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, well, what's the question? What's the question? Are you gigging at the moment? Yeah, um, just doing new material a lot more because I've got uh, some gigs coming up where I'm going to lose like most of my technically best stuff. I mean, they're all good stuff, but like all the stuff I've found I was using for the last year, now I'm going to lose. So I have to write more now. And why, also, why are you going to lose it? Because uh, I'm doing a TV spot. Most people won't have seen the material, but it's best to have because you're doing from doing. F- previews and 45s and all that kind of stuff so it's just nice to write more and have more to do like next week i'm doing a gig for all somalis it's for the somali international festival my material will not fly they do not like jokes about <laughs> drinking girlfriends and uh so yeah i just yeah, need more options is pretty much yeah burnt at that gig isn't yeah it? yeah um so yeah just at the moment just in the process of creation uh, mediation. So oh. you're gonna burn all your old material? No, burn it. S- after the thing, I'll do it less. You do it less. Yeah, like I like it, it, it'll be like a whole new set for Moema. Yeah, I mean it's nicer. <laughs> it's nicer not to do the same old Watch shit. Watch this space. Do you, <laughs> do, do you feel like you after you've said the same opening line for two years, <laughs> you say it dead behind <laughs> the eyes? <laughs> yeah, and yeah I, forget. I, I think the term is uh, when a joke turns ash in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You don't even know when it's funny. The problem with me is that happens after me saying the material after the third time. <laughs> like, yeah. it literally turns into ash well, in my mouth. See, my problem is my jokes are funny. Ah! So <laughs> that is <when> true. <laughs> that is something. When they work more than three times. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying they don't work. They still work. Mm. I just don't know why I'm saying them or why they're funny. People are still laughing. I, I, I have a I'm joke saying. that I joke about my sister. Who's just f- I just found out my sister's pregnant. And today, that pregnant sister, I took her son to school. Uh, so it's like that joke is that old that uh, it's a functioning human. The yeah. joke is that I can actually talk. So that's <laughs> like... Maybe add that to the set. Like, I've been turning that joke. Well, I'm just so going to change it. I'm just going to drop it because it's, it's... I'm finding doing the stuff I'm doing now that I wrote two years ago is really childish. Like, I was talking to another comic recently and I was talking about how... Because I started really young not really young, but like 21, that um, what I found funny then, I find less funny now. I just kind of just went for shock humor. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm trying to be funnier in a, in a more, much more, uh, what's the word, a consistent way, something with actual meaning, rather than... You're trying to be funny consistently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get that like. magic number of four <laughs> times. Um, like, before I would do like... Uh, Incest jokes and stuff like that. It's just shock humor, and I understand that right, it had yeah. has its place as a uh, for five minutes. Right. Yeah, I'd, like, I definitely started like that. The first mm. two gigs I did were mm. so based around shock humor, mm. but done badly. Yeah, that they yeah, weren't yeah. funny. They got a reaction, but mm. not laughter. What kind of stuff are we talking here? What do you mean? What, what shock humor? Those how? first two gigs for me, trying to be my brief. Exp- exploits, trying to be an edge lord. Oh, yeah, 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 like the first gig I did. In and this is awful. Mm-hmm. I've, I think I've told both of you this mm-hmm. story before. But mm-hmm. like when I first did Angel, mm-hmm. one of the jokes in my set was about Robin Williams, mm-hmm. and it was two months after his death. 
<laughs> yeah. Just yeah, it's it's do I don't do anything current anymore cuz no, because anything topical dies out. Because I see people talking about, for example, writing about it the... It didn't die. The joke didn't die out. The joke wasn't... A, it was terrible. It was awful. It was a, yeah, 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 but it was, a, it was also you can't do that joke anymore because it would be like, too soon? What, two years later? <laughs> it's like... It wouldn't... It doesn't... It like, was yeah. It was the joke was so soon after his death, people mm-hmm. they didn't even know why he died. You know, it was like oh, before okay. the dementia stuff. People came didn't out. care. That's no, people care. People care. They just didn't know. It was just a suicide at that point. They didn't know he had dementia and stuff like this. Did you ex- explain that to them? So the reason why <laughs> <they> <laughs> <didn't> <laughs> no, nobody knew. Nobody this is knew. funny I'm because just it was that. It was that current. It was that because uh, dementia is funny, guys. <laughs> well, this has gotten into dark uh, territory. Yeah, dark territory. <laughs> mm-hmm. very You're the quickly. one that said what? <laughs> yeah, you got. If you don't lead us, you can't. I did. Do you tailor your jokes then for? different audiences of course yeah, I don't want to bomb it's just like I don't I don't care I don't want I don't, I don't care what anyone says you gotta, I'm gonna go speak my truth <laughs> fuck that <laughs> fuck my truth you've got to tailor your energy as well to, to rooms as well yeah you like, can't come in like dirty and it's just like a room of nuns it's just yeah. like <laughs> bleh, bleh. I love that and that's an extreme example <laughs> yeah but, you know, but that happens to my regularly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the last Somali gig I did was, which was two years ago, to silence. And um, <laughs> was nobody there? Uh, uh, no, there were people there, but it, they were silent. And Just then, you and Prince Abdi. And I wasn't even the no, no, it wasn't me. But I was the only Somali one. It was all Somali. Room. I was the only Somali act. Everyone else was uh, 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 of Caucasian persuasion. <laughs> and um, they all did r- set into the podcast. They all, they all did, <laughs> they all did really well. They all did amazingly. Like, and they were doing like one. Or there was one. Kind of, she's a girl. She was doing stuff about sex. About blah blah blah. And they're all laughing, but they're laughing because she's different. It's the same way people, when I go to places like Gravesend or if I go to, uh, like, Tunbridge, well, I'm not, they don't see me. It's, it's a monoculture, so they don't see me as the one of them. Like, once, I remember I wanted to go up on stage because my shoes were hurting to wear sandals on stage, and I couldn't. Because you your shoes were hurting. Yeah, because I hadn't broken in my shoes yet. But no, I w- but your your feet were hurting no my shoes were hurting my feet <laughs> yeah yeah there we go. shut up bro <laughs> sorry um, <laughs> and uh, and then and then i was like i couldn't wear the sandals because i was like i don't want to look more like a refugee if i turn up in sandals just like like might as well just start jumping up and, <laughs> jumping up and down and doing war cries there's yeah so you tailor it and uh, but, all, but all the all the white kids did well at the Somali gig. But if I I did one joke about drinking, and then there's obviously we and did they not find it funny? Was there not like not only did they not find it funny, but there's a d- your mic is hooked up to a DJ's deck, who's right next to you, and he went, "Come on, boss man!" Like he's just what? like just commenting on your set while you're. On the was stage. this a sober gig? Like no one. Yeah, was yeah drinking no one's in the drinking. Audience. No one's drinking at all. And uh, I can't imagine. The, <laughs> well. Yeah, that's not like the comedy clubs in Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely not. God. Why do they drink loads there? <laughs> I did. I did. I did. Don't look at me like that. Um, <laughs> well, no, because I did. I did Belfast Empire, and it was mm. pretty tame. I wasn't impressed. I was just like, I thought it was like everyone was like, "Oh wow, it's gonna be amazing." They're like proper hard. Maybe maybe I was just shit, and they were just being polite. But it just felt like they were really quiet, and it's like, oh, you guys aren't. It's a stereotype. Like it's it's yeah. not true. You guys aren't. Well, I, I actually had, like, no exposure to comedy in Ireland. Mm-hmm. It was only when I moved here and I met, like, different people mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, this is why it's so big. It is it is small. Like, we have our four channels and everything else is, like, English humour. Um, all the English channels broadcast over. Mm-hmm. 
So, I don't, what I don't understand is you guys talk about it's English humor, like it's not a hun- not like it's not an hour away, like it's not that <laughs> far away. <laughs> like I can understand when Somali it's humor. True though, but they, you know, like there there is differences with traditional mm. Irish comedy. In some places they laugh like ha ha ha. In other <laughs> places they laugh like he he he. It's not like audiences. It's still a ha. No, it's no, still no, a laugh. audiences. But like a lot of Irish comics although actually saying that with knowing the Irish comedians on this circuit anyway originally I would have said like Irish humour is mo- a lot more storytelling than what typical English humour would be. Mm-hmm. But then again Now it's just lacking jokes. That's just oh, checking. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know. Billy Connolly did alright. I mean, I mm. think um, that the main difference for me has Scottish. been when people... That's true, but I was oh. talking about Scottish Jimmy, humor as well. Jimmy, I am more Celtic than I meant. Oh, it's not the same God, thing. you're going back so <laughs> far to point thing. out differences. Damn it. Okay. Yeah, I Ed- didn't go to Edinburgh this year and go, Let's oh, my country uh, folk. You think uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm home. But yeah, one of my main... Oh, God. I guess one of the main differences I noticed was that, like, I think the English humor not always is a bit more direct like it's so cutthroat and then people kind of go oh i was just joking huh people actually say oh i was just joking See, what she's saying is they're dickheads <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and they, they're trying to convince you it's a joke that's basically yeah, what you're saying people, and you're not wrong um, found that? like I, I have i have a joke about Austra- uh, australians and uh the line i do after that is um you know uh, I, I told this joke to my friend and you know, they said uh what uh, and they say I think you underestimate the audiences when you say that. So I think you overestimate British audiences because they love it. They love they love different, but they don't like non-white uh, jokes. So if you joke about Australians, you can joke about French. Jo- as long as they're white, they'll they're more than happy to laugh. If you say like Nigerians are like the good ones, will be like, oh no, we're not going to laugh at that. Sometimes uh, the right. the other ones will be like, ha ha ha, that's that's better, that's better. Do more Nigerian jokes. Um, Would those jokes go down well at the Somalian gig? I don't know, man. I didn't do not well. specifically. I don't Nigeria, remember. I don't remember what like did well because I didn't do well. I, I, I know, but would like would like observational jokes about Somalia and Somalia. Do you know my friend Lou Lou Fitz? He did observational jokes about them, and they loved him for it. Oh, but he oh. did the Somali gig. <laughs> I saw I that skit you were in, by the way. Oh, the, the, oh, the one that uh, Lou Fitz. The Lou Fitz did, yeah, where he cut my hair. Where, yeah. where the Declan cut my hair, whatever his name is. De- I, I don't give a fuck. I don't need to. Sorry, I'm allowed to swear Where's on Yeah, Dolphin. go for it. You know, you um, the, I can call him where he wants. <laughs> Prick. <laughs> I told him, I was like, stop. Why is there batteries in this? There's just, you don't need it. They're going to put it in post. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I'm like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. One take, nothing happens. Two takes, nothing happens. Three takes, nothing happens. It's like, we're playing with fire. The closer, the more it takes we take, it, we're, we're going to do it. And then it happens, and everyone's acting all shocked, and it's like, I said it was going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> but How you looked takes? shocked. That's what that video... Yeah, you did look really For shocked. For context. Yeah, yeah it's because he ran through it. Like, he like, I heard the noise, and then it kept going. And then when he pulled out, and I was pulling out my own hair... And luckily, I have such a thick bush that I didn't <laughs> caught it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <but laughs> He's referring to his Never afro. Never say that again. Yeah. His afro. Um, Next yeah. question. Next mm. question. Who's mm. your favorite comedian on the circuit right now? Oh, I can't think of anyone. <laughs> I, mean, I don't like anyone. Favoritism. I can't. Yeah, I can't think of anyone. Uh, think of, because he's only thinking of himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you both had a scapegoat there really easily, but oh, each other. That's true. That's true. Moe is definitely my favourite comedian. Isn't this a truth-telling podcast? Yeah, exactly. Um, Not necessarily. D- uh, I, I don't know. Um, 
There's loads of people. Everyone has their thing. It's, it's what is it? I heard Dame Baptiste and Tanya Mo. They were being interviewed, and they were asked like, "Who's your favorite comic on the circuit?" And they were like, "Everyone. Everyone has their pluses. It it pays to be nice." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, who's your least Universe. favorite then? <laughs> oh, yeah. Def- oh, then let's, let's settle up. Um, <laughs> Mine's definitely Mo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that about you. I'm, uh, I've, got, I've got manners. Um, so true, though. <laughs> but, yeah, carry on. Yeah. Please, uh, stop leaving so many gaps. Like Louis Theroux. Uh, no, I feel like I'm going like to reveal gaps. something really deep. <laughs> so, how did you get into comedy, Jimmy? How did you get into comedy? Uh, I don't know, I guess. I mean, that's not a genuine answer, but... Uh, I, I don't know, I was really interested in comedy, I really liked it, I was like a massive comedy nerd. Who were you watching when you were younger? So I kind of had like an evolution throughout my teenage years, so I got into comedy by watching mainly black American comics, and surprisingly actually not a lot of Death Jam at all, but still just, I guess the black American comics that white guys like, like Chris black Rock what? and Dave Chappelle. Uh, like Anyway, black American comics. That's how I started off at. And I didn't realise a white guy could be funny because I thought it was all just like Michael McIntyre and stuff and I didn't really find that. I was a bit, uh, what's the word, pretentious. So I didn't I really find that. Yeah. Well, well, no, I love no, Michael he's McIntyre. Funny. He's, you know, he's funny. Huh? Yeah, Michael McIntyre's hilarious. hilarious. He can be hilarious. Mm. Um, but anyway, I was a bit pretentious. Didn't realise a white guy... favourite comic. <laughs> I didn't realise a white guy could be funny until Stuart Lee, which is another classic white male comedian thing to say. Mm. But I love them all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so yeah, mainly like Dave Chappelle was just a really big influence early on, and then got into like Stuart Lee, and then like Doug Stanhope and George Carlin and Richard Pryor, and started going through like the history of comedians. And then when I finally did it, I wasn't it until my like early twenties where I tried it a couple of times, but that put me off comedy for a year, and didn't attempt it again. Why did it put you off comedy for a year? Because it didn't go very well. Just didn't go very well, you know. Just was awful. He came on like, eh, eh. <laughs> well, you can't handle the truth. Huh? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> no, it was more like shaky and like, hello, lady. It was just mm. awful. It was just you were wearing flares and a rather, rather you were wearing like a mixture of all the favorite black comics. And you were like, <laughs> you're wearing the. R- <laughs> I came on as a like, hello, ladies and gentlemen, how are we doing? But <laughs> the difference between niggas <laughs> and, and he just got banned for it. Oh. <laughs> but they let him do the whole routine first. Just to <laughs> yeah, just, just to, no one's ever done this. We call this the Trudeau set. Yeah, yeah. So, but then it wasn't until I then did the Soho Theatre uh, course. Um, Wait, so you tried it before you did the Soho Theatre course? Twice, yeah, only twice. Yeah, um, didn't do it for a year, and then did the Soho Theatre course, and I was like, fuck it. How long sets did you try before you did the course? Five minutes, just five. Okay. Minutes, yeah. um, Some people. Well, are over however long that that Chris Rock bit took, <laughs> yeah. it was really just a blur for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some people are like, why? What, what have other people said? What they tried doing their first steps? I don't know if that's overly ambitious or just not knowing what you're doing. Both. Both. Call mm. me, but yeah, everyone's be. has been different. That's the interesting thing. Did you invite people to those first gigs? Yeah, I started. Well, I started an open mic, like which had a mixture of comedy, poetry, and like guitar. Oh, that's really cool. Um, and then because I basically I didn't know enough comedians to only do a comedy night. Yeah. So I invited a mix of everything, and then some mates were trying out comedy, and they were very small gigs again at the Seven Dials Club, but like less than twenty people. And yeah. Very shabbily set up and barely a spotlight. Did you just do comedy at them, or did you? Try anything else. Me, I MC'd and com- did comedy. Yeah, no, I because actually I mostly did guitar and singing at those. I'm okay. singing Wonderwall. 
No. And then, and then, and then, like a VHS, it's got being recorded over, and it's a cut of him going, "The difference between niggas and black people." Oh <laughs> <laughs> Has this started this like running bit right in the show, or have you huh? had this going on for a while? What? No, no, no. It's just I just thought it would be funny if it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> if that's the video he sent into his Soho theater, just like application. <laughs> What about you, Mo? Uh, I started, uh, I knew a comic, uh, I met a comic in uh, Cardiff, where I'm from, uh, and he was, I thought I met him in a pub while I was in college, and I thought he was the coolest guy. Uh, fast forward two years, I realized um, he was just an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> so I, I was at that point, I was sharing a house with him and his mates, and um, he used to go on these long soliloquies. When he'd come back home drunk at 1 a.m. going, I don't understand. And then, like, just all these long, very, very, very flowery language. But really, would, like, just start becoming, earning enough money. And then would, like, drop everything to chase a girl he liked across to Australia. Ruin all the contacts and then come back and have to rebuild himself again. So, and then I moved to Bristol. Didn't do it for a year. Was working loads. So then, because um, I was being emergency taxed, when I eventually quit Bristol and I moved to London to start comedy, I had a lot of rebate. So I could spend the first few months, I was just living off that and just kind of gigging full time. But I couldn't find a gig here because um, I stupidly walked in, tried to walk into Angel on a Friday night to do a spot and sign up. And they were like, you can't do this. And I was like, "Well, shall I come back tomorrow?" And <laughs> like, they were like, "By the way, just for oh, the re- for so the listener, uh, Angel, it's about a three month waiting list, and I didn't know this." <laughs> so then I um, went to Swansea, and I did my first gig there, and then yeah, just carried on doing it because it's just repetition, isn't it? So I was just going four or five a week, and I just carried on, however way. Four or five a week? Mm-hmm. You have a day job. Uh, yeah, well, the first couple months, no. I was living off the rebate money. Got some of that ringtone money. Um, and then uh, eventually when the money dried up, I have did several jobs. Agency jobs, walking jobs, medical trials. Uh, medical trials. Medical trials, amazing. Yeah, you pay MMA did those. Even, yeah. three, three, three grand I got for that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Good, good um, money if you don't mind 2,800. Really good. Um, Did you just say if you don't mind being in a room. Being in a room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically, <laughs> I spent I spent four nights in a hospital, just like them watching us all the time. Just like and you like you have three meals a day. You have to have it at certain times. They only inject you once, and then for the next three months you have to keep coming back in every two weeks. But it meant. But I'm pretty sure I got a placebo because I didn't get any side effects. I mean, I gained weight, but that's because I got fat. That was just me eating. Uh, I don't think that was a side effect of them. I think that was. And the doctors are like, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I haven't done one. I haven't done one in ages because they keep fucking up my body, so I can't. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go at least three months clean. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You gotta, yeah, you gotta be clean. Um, you gotta but uh, yeah, doing all those kinds of stuff and just kind of time just flies. You know what? They're actually quite good for alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, those medical treatment things. Why? Well, it's an incentive to get sober. <laughs> you have to be. Yeah, you have to, yeah. My mate used to do them. He used to be. He used to get them sober for them because of the the money. Financial. Yeah, your mate needs. You need to go to AA. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's really like stop stop one drug for an experimental one. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> um, so you moved to London to pursue comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that's it. Three years went by. It's only been three years, but it's flown. Uh, all the people who had like crazy stories starting comedy never carried on because when their lives got back to normal they were like 
it got it got associated with the crazy part of their life. Yeah. I feel like I feel like you have to be normal and like loads of comics nowadays are just normal people. They they'll come and they'll do the gig and then they'll go home and they have like day jobs and they have they don't there's no rock and roll lifestyle anymore. And I yeah. it's one of my saddest <laughs> saddest realizations was that like um or was, was that uh, yeah like well, that most comics work. just talk about like mortgages and <laughs> like like what wha- what kind of work they're doing on their house, and then like when I ask them about like well what about the old days they were like oh yeah in the old days we used to do we used to be like drinking until about five a.m. da 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 but you know now no no one does it and then I was just like <laughs> what you had to stop just before we started that's yeah. but I guess there was more money in it back then now it's just like uh because like uh, apparently it's all just stuff I've learned but like when jonglers and all these different chains and the bust happened it meant that the there was less money in it so all these comics who could easily make two three grand a month just all the work just dried up for them so they had to like become smart and the smart ones had already paid for their houses they'd already bought like they they owned a house and they could live off that and they'd like no they could live off less because when you own your house yeah they prepared yeah, the but then what, like, what, when was the bust? When did the bust happen? I don't know. Uh, if you listen to uh, <laughs> ComComPod, which is uh, Stuart Goldsmith one, do you listen to it? No. It's really good. Uh, he basically interviews comedians. Um, he The way they talk about it is it was just around the time Stuart Goldsmith started. So this is about 12 years ago that the, the, the club started drying up in the work. And basically the money hasn't gone up. So... It's, like, prices... As, pay is supposed to go up with inflation, but... Money has stayed the same since back then. So what was, for what you'd get for like a 120 quid or 200 quid for a gig 10 years ago would be a lot. But now, or even 15 years ago, it would be way more than it's worth now because there's less gigs. So comics used to be able to triple up. Less gigs and more comedians. Yeah, yeah, so that people triple up. People used to triple up. So comics would be like walking around like with their wallets, their their pockets just full of cash. Mm. And now it's like, um, it's not like that anymore. Um, well, what is it like now? So, in your three years since you started, performing it's only been three years. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I shouldn't. I don't. I have no expectations. If I was expecting money out of that, I would have just gone and done law or something. <laughs> that was that, that. That would actually guarantee. You said so someone. confidently, like you had the option. Yeah, I did. I dropped out. Uh, oh, so nice. Uh, the I have dropped out of many a degree. I've dropped out of four <laughs> different <laughs> degrees. I have, <laughs> I have <laughs> options. Like, um, I'll let you know. I've. Not completed a lot of things, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll There's a lot know. of things I've not finished. <laughs> <laughs> there, there. <laughs> I, I, I did not get fired. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> There's loads of people as well who expect the money or some sort of like return on their time investment. And um, it's just, if you expect that, I don't think you'd get anywhere. It's, when it happens, it's nice. Right, yeah, no, yeah, because then that's an assumption of, you know, it's your... Your your turn, you know, yeah. yeah. Your place, your turn, and that's not how it works, mm. you know. Otherwise, like, you become bittered. Like I would have loved if you'd just gone. I make loads of money. <laughs> well, <laughs> if 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 my time was that, uh, I don't have to make loads of money. This is the cool thing that I like mm. about trying to get into comedy mm-hmm. is that I don't have to make a lot of money to do okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I need like a I'm grand a month at most. Uh, like I yeah. walk most places. I live. I live very hand to mouth. But you work five or six nights a week still. I mean, I gig. That that doesn't mean I'm making money five or six nights yeah. a week. I mean, I'm gigging. So I'm. If you if you only work if you're only gigging when you're making money, you're not gonna get better. That's that's so lazy. Like, it, it's it's such a trap to fall into. And also, like, 
There's no Unless there's no shame in having a job. Career. Yeah, exactly. But there's no shame in having a job. Like I'm gonna go do in a teaching assistant role. I don't understand. There's this like um, idea where you're supposed to hide the fact you're not making money from it. It's like no, it shouldn't be. There are comics who are doing weekends at all the big clubs and still have a day job. And it's like if it helps them to be more comfortable. I mean, Jordan Brooks just won the award and he's probably still working part time. Yeah. At the NHS. Yeah. So, so the thing is, is like. You're not a rapper. You don't need to show off that you. Uh, oh yeah, I got all this money. It's like you're a comic. Chill, <laughs> and we're young, so chill even more. Like, yeah, so I always found it was the opposite. Yeah. Like everyone's always talking about how they have no money. Like every, yeah, no one has money, but it's always the people who say I'm so broke, who have some sort of money behind them. Like there's, I know a comic who was so my friend who's an actress. And she now works at, uh, uh, she, well now she has a normal day job. She quit it after studying it for three years. And part of the reason that she did it was because she was living with this other person who had all this money behind the, them and was home all day. And the moment my friend would come home from doing several jobs, an audition, like running around all day, she'd come home. And then this housemate would go, why did you leave this dish here? And it's like, you were home all day. You don't go anywhere. You don't do anything. And their only job is a job they sometimes turn up to. Mm. And the rest of the time they spend reading up about different clowning techniques. <laughs> and that's their life. And it's like, the, and, and just seeing that constantly, like that person having such an easy life kind of broke them. And they, they were like, why should I be uncomfortable? And like, it's, it's like if you, if, if you let those people trick you into thinking that that's how you should live. Like you should always be that comfortable. The only way you can compare, the only way you can match their comfortability is by quitting the thing you want to do. And if that's not an option, then just ignore those people and just yeah, ignore those people. Get that toxic personality. Yeah, well, they they they're not toxic on purpose. They're just toxic because they're liars. They're they're pretending that they make their money from their art, and it's like you know you don't. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is your family creative? No. Not no, at all. Not at all. No, is it a weird thing for you to want to be a stand-up comedian? No, it, it, it was at the beginning, but I wanted to do folk music first. <laughs> <laughs> Mo the folk singer. Yeah, I, I wanted to see that. I wanted to be like a Dylan-esque, like a Rolling Dylan. Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could still be a character. Like a Black Dylan. Black uh, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Black Bob. Um, Black Dylan. Cro- chronologically, was it lawyer, folk singer, comedian? No, chronologically, interesting. It was, it was lawyer... Philosophy degree, philosophy degree again, uh, law, and then dropping out of that. Uh, and no, so law, philosophy, philosophy and law the same year dropped out, but like literally jumped between them, dropped out of both. Spent a year working on a portfolio, foundation and fine art, and that was when I was in Bristol. Dropped out of that in the first week, and then comedy. I uh, know, and then music, and then and comedy at the same time, and then comedy instead. So, so yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Is mm. your family creative? Um, yes. Yes. Long, I, g- I guess, uh, yeah. Yeah, both my parents were actors. Uh, they pretended they loved them. Uh, <laughs> 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 they acted like they loved me. Yeah, both my parents were actors. My mum trained as an actress uh, under a Stanislavski student called Ingram something. Yeah, my dad just did it from a very young age. His father was a pop singer in the 1950s so and they all did panto him and his three brothers all did and the father all did panto together when they were you know 13 14 15 and they actually did panto with tommy cooper so that's a cool 
tangent with the comedy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was kind of like a comedic actor and did, did comedy, a lot of comedy things. Um, so, yeah, yes, they come from a long line of talented people, creative people. Layabouts. Yeah, do wells. They all worked a lot harder than I did, do though. <laughs> so, when you said you wanted to get into comedy, how was it met? Uh, f- yeah, no, fine. My parents have always been very supportive. The, the only thing they've told, told me throughout most of my life, although they would probably deny this, is that they've just always told me never to be an actor because they detested the the kind of experience by the end of it and thought it was a very silly industry and they saw the whole industry change, which kind of threw them out. Uh, but, and so they had to reinvent themselves several times throughout their life, even though they were successful in their field. And my mum's won an Olivier for the show they were in. Um, Forbidden Planet so that one Olivier but even that then the producer fucked him over with ticket sales so then she was in legal battles afterwards so it was just like even if a good thing happens to you you know it's not necessarily even if you get to the place where you wanted to be it's not you know yeah great and do you feel like they influenced the style of comedy you have yes well this was the thing when I went and did Angel for the first time you know mm-hmm. the, the thing that they threw me was they were just like okay what is your comedy like and I was like oh I don't know <laughs> like I, mm. I couldn't I realised I hadn't been self aware enough to like diagnose my own comedy and they're like oh, okay what comedians you like then and I was like oh I thought the whole point was you weren't like any other comedians <laughs> and then yeah, so I yeah, had yeah. to be like well like my dad really cause a lot of my humour comes from just the way his my dad d- yeah just the way <laughs> his material <laughs> his material yeah I am my f- yeah but well, no I actually do have a whole it's not his material but it's like mannerisms and techniques I've nicked off of him mm-hmm. that I definitely employ socially mm-hmm. like what it's subconscious you just have to see you d- just spend time with my father and you'd be okay. like <laughs> and you would be like oh fuck Jimmy does it's just Jimmy in a moustache yeah it is actually and also, just Jimmy it's not like it's all carbon copied from my father you know it's just I've also developed my own ways of making people yeah. laugh and added on to the, the thing that he's taught me and also chucked out the shit that I didn't find funny at all which is a lot of his material okay so yeah mm. could say I've honed his still not perfect or good <laughs> still working on it but yeah because yeah. one thing like when I very briefly met your dad was that he was talking about the old style of comedy versus like Nowadays. Yeah, he's very into that, which yeah, which is something I kind of want to do a bit more on, but it's a bit sillier and it's very physical. I think it's and quite it requires a lot of practice. Yeah, it's very charismatic, but it's stuff. It's stuff with hats and walking cane, walking canes, and like very silly magic tricks. It's all very Tommy Cooper esque, and and I would love to implore a little bit of it in my stand up. And that was the whole thing about Mister Thing. Mister Thing uses a lot of that same humor. He would actually, I should let, make him come see Mister Thing because he would absolutely love it yeah. yeah so with the um soho theater course do you feel like it helped you what how do you feel it helped you gave me a network basically um yeah just gave me a network i suddenly knew enough comedians to put on a night so i was kind of there mid-course and i kind of went fuck it you know what i'm going to carry the ethos of this course on because yeah. we were getting together and we were doing sets in front of each other every week for 10 weeks and i was like you know what i'm gonna set up a comedy night the week after we finish and just try and keep the momentum going for everybody that was in the class. Try and give myself stage time, because that's also what I found out at the time. People were like, oh, just try and get as much stage time as possible. One way to do that is by making your own night. Who else was in your year? Uh, some of the comedy greats. Phil Wang. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, Richard I Pryor. Would die. <laughs> Richard Pryor, yeah. I love Phil Wang. Richard Pryor taught us. Yeah. If you had actually... Um, I, um, I talk about Phil Wang quite a lot in this podcast. I have to put that out there. Philly Wang Wang. Yeah. yeah. Why? Philly, Philly, Wang. So I love him. 
You oh. love Phil Wayne. I do. It's a very sad story because I met him and I didn't know who he was. And like, I was like, yeah, then I watched Taskmaster like six months later. And I was like, oh, I know him. Anyway. Yeah. You said it was a sad story. Let's, can I can I petition that title? <laughs> 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 to a boring story. <laughs> what were you saying? Um, you were talking about who's in your, who was in who your was year. Who was in my year, yes. Um, so who was? So Daniel Y. Lovely, lovely Dan Y. Who is now the, the incredible seance. So he is probably the most successful. What sounds Dan Y is a very charismatic, uh, larger than life, uh, gay stand-up comedian who created this drag character called Seance. And then, and then he so this last Edinburgh, he went from being in a thirty-seat and just the tonic to mm-hmm. assembly, uh, you know, to a, doing assembly a three hundred seater, three hundred seater, three hundred fifty seater. I don't know. The blue box. It was the blue boxing thing. He went, yeah. And it, and when I went to go see him, he got a standing ovation. There weren't many people there. I think it was a Monday or something. But there was still like a good 50, 60. He got a standing ovation. Yeah. So, yeah, Seance, Issa Bonachera, who had been gigging for a while previously to that. But she was obviously very good, talented. Yeah, loads of people you just don't yeah. <laughs> know. <laughs> just, just loads of names that no, no, nobody listening will know. But the the person who taught us was Andrew Doyle, which was um, quite nice, because at the time I was a big fan of Jonathan Pye, and that's when he was writing for Jonathan Pye, so I knew I was kind of in the right place. If we're talking about where you came from, where would you like to be in five years' time? Um, or is that too far? Like, t- two years I is also fine. Best case scenario... My best case scenario would be living in LA, wouldn't I? <laughs> would you? Obviously, yeah. As a big movie star, someone's picked me up. They weren't supposed to do acting. Yeah. Bad. The boy. one thing. No, they <laughs> told me I wasn't supposed to do acting, so I didn't. I did stand up, but I should have really done acting. I should apply to drama school. I should have do all that stuff. Yeah. I shouldn't have gotten myself a normal degree. That was the what problem. did you study? Geography. Oh, yeah. Mm. You should consider becoming a geography teacher. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I think yeah, I think that's a real calling. Yeah, that's where everybody said at university. Many because I was just like, "Shut up, fuck you!" I'm not going to become a geography teacher. So then suddenly, it was well, Jim, what else do people Jimmy the geography on? teacher? Yeah, loads of fucking shit. It's geography. It's like in the age of climate change, and people are still going, "What do you use geography for?" Oh my god, what is geography even? What is fucking maps? Huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. does maps? No, I got Google oh Maps, god. idiot. I did geography because I was very <laughs> passionate about climate change, and I love the sure. macro. Well, are you no, very you passionate like pro climate? I was like, make this earth hot a bit. Burn, baby, burn. Burn. (laughs) We don't need no water. (laughs) That is a good joke about the water shortages that will happen in the future. Yeah, this joke, it's before it's time. It's before it's time, yeah. (laughs) We don't need no water. Let the motherfucker burn. We We don't need no ozone layer. (laughs) Would you ever consider a double act? Huh? Would you ever consider doing a double act? Yes, but I'd have a mirror position midway through the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most double act would be Mo and a cardboard cutout of Mo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Mo cardboard cutout of Mo Gilligan. <laughs> <laughs> Just sell more tickets. Just them booing me and me going, I never said it was him. <laughs> <laughs> I never said it was his likeness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In tiny. Just like, do you know that? Do you know the end of an advert when yeah, they go yeah, like, yeah, yeah. terms of condition. <laughs> <laughs> May not be the real Mogulia. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Next question. Yeah. Well, actually, it's Keep on the going. flip side for you. Where do you want to be? Uh, I don't know. This dude. Time next year? Um, full time um, doing this. I didn't answer that question, did I? In the end, oh, what? Um, just full time. That's it. Though you can't plan anything. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Uh, yeah, in the in the short term, I guess in the, even in the next five years, if I was to set low expectations for myself, is, is that low? It's probably hmm. so that's better for you. This <laughs> lower, expectations. I just want to be able to pay if I can pay my rent doing comedy within whatever time scale. That would be very satisfying. And we want to get into. Uh, we want to get into. Uh, Law. <laughs> Maybe law. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> take another crack at that word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be um. interesting? In two years, if you were a geography teacher and you were studying law. Very briefly, mm. when I asked you to be in this podcast, I was like, the whole idea is that there's just so many different ways of getting into the industry. And I was talking about how when I was from Limerick, it seemed impossible to move here. So I wanted to know what advice you give to a teenager or your teenage self mm-hmm. who wanted to get into comedy. There is no ways. To, to get into the industry, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's cut yeah, off. Go yeah, away. Yeah. No, 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 no. There are no ways to get into the industry because there are, that, that that implies that there's a set path that you take mm. that eventually leads to a career. You've got to make your own way, mm. and whatever that path is is different and unique for for everybody. Exactly. Some, some are similar for things, but so you have to make your own path, and you also and keep an eye on. Like what's happening now? Don't get bogged down with how they made it or blah blah blah. They made it and following because loads of comedians we all follow this same Edinburgh path currently at the moment, which is meant to be like kind of formula for success. But that is definitely not that is, it is not the standard. It's not what happens. Look at Mo Gilligan. Or, you know, mm. or get into like YouTube. That. Exactly. Get into YouTube. Like there's loads of get different ways to get. And the industry is not like when you just talk about comedy. Comedy is not just the comedy industry. Comedy is also the podcast industry. It's the huge. It's like you can make it as a comedian in so many different platforms now, and it's only people who are very anal and pernickety who goes. Eh? But that's not stand-up comedy, you oh. know. And it's just it's all comedy. It's all art. What about you? What advice would you give? Uh, I'd say just do it and uh, keep doing it. Consistency yeah, is the mother of success, um, as my mum uh, consistency says. Uh, I'm constant. I don't know, man. I'm losing yeah, my shit. Uh, sorry, says. sorry, listener. If, if someone has listened up to this point, this is about the time I go crazy because I can't oh. sit still for that long. <laughs> yeah, just be be reckless, son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag mode twenty nineteen. Be reckless, son. <laughs> How do you get into comedy? Be reckless. Yeah. So lastly, I ask, like, where can people follow you? I live in Seven Dials. Uh, you can find me. <laughs> Sorry, hello. Uh, I um, you can't even do the response because he's never found where I live. But yeah, I'm on socials. I'm on all the socials. I'm hashtag Moke Ultra at Moke Ultra, like MK Ultra, <laughs> like MK Ultra, but Moke Ultra. Is that really? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's oh genuinely my, my tag. No Moke Ultra. Uh, and uh, and you know just give me a DM, uh, <laughs> tell me what it's like, uh, you know how you're doing. Take care of yourself, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, you can find me uh, under Seven Dials Comedy under any of the social medias um, or uh, Jim and at Seven Dials for F U W R E. But if you search me under Seven Dials Comedy, Seven Dials Productions, then you should find me. Right. Thanks a million. Thanks for coming. So sorry. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed myself. I've had a lot I of fun. I did as well. It, yeah. it was fun. It, it was, was a lot fun. of fun. I'm sorry, I've, uh, I'm sorry, everyone. I've, uh, I've, 
Do you need another coffee? Should we uh, get you another no, coffee? No, I'm sleepy. I'm, for some reason, <laughs> I'm sleepy. I'm just like, woke up at seven this morning. <laughs> Got <Whoa>. myself a gun. <laughs> woke up early Maybe this morning. Early. <laughs> Sorry, that was, should we sing our way out? Yeah. <laughs> go on, go for it. Oh, wait, look on the right side. I don't know the song. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know that song. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this okay. is well, Thank you for having us. No worries.